Welcome to the Cocktail Enthusiast Podcast. This week, no Kevin, but Nico presents the story of Riga Whiskey out of Kansas City as he attempts to become the Ken Burns of podcasting. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and let's see what Mr. Fancy Pants can do. And now, here's your host, Nico Martini. Hey everybody, this is Nico with a very, very special cocktail enthusiast. Every now and then, um, I like to just kind of go out there and grab audio. So um, today, we're giving you an audio story. This is not a normal podcast. This is going to be one of our special ones. But whenever we get to go to a big event or we get to um, have conversations with particularly interesting people, I like to kind of let them do the talking and we just kind of stay out of the way. So hopefully you enjoy this. This is much more of a, um, oh God, I don't know, documentary style than um, than any of our other podcasts. So hopefully you find this interesting. Uh, this is a conversation that happened, oh, probably about six months ago or so. So when they say October of last year, they actually mean October of 2014, not 2015. So uh, this is a conversation I had with the fellas who are responsible for Rieger Whiskey out of Kansas City, Missouri. We start off hearing Mr. Steve Olson, followed by Mr. Ryan Maybe, and then ultimately we hear Mr. Andy Rieger. Thank you so much for tuning into the Cocktail Enthusiast Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this one and um, see you on the flip side. When did this get going? When did we first start yeah. with the idea? It's been about three years now. But, I mean, it all really escalated in the last year. I mean, I walked the space with them before there was anything in it last year, and now it's a full-blown distillery. We're making whiskey every day. Gotcha. All of the whiskey that we've made so far, we blended. Sure. We buy the whiskey, we age it, we blend it. Right. We make it ours, but, you know total transparency we're not no <laughs> we got nothing to hide we're, we're blending really good whiskey absolutely you know? no. and it's fucking delicious there's there's nothing wrong with blending no, whiskey there you is know not. what you're doing and we love doing it yeah. and um, but our you know our plan is to become completely self-contained which we are sure. well on our way we've got you know it's going to take the good news is that we bought enough light whiskey and enough rye to last us even at less than conservative estimates we've got enough whiskey to last us five years which is about what it'll take before our whiskeys are ready to start going into the blend a little bit at a time gotcha and because uh, the, the blend is an older blend I mean it needs to be that way sure and we tend our intention is to keep Rieger whiskey just the exactly the flavor profile it is forever right the other projects are all the fun stuff so the gin is actually made by Tom Nickel, who's one of my close friends. And when we first started talking about this, I said, well... Tom who? <laughs> right? Man, I'm never coming from this direction. This is crazy. How did you even find this this way? <laughs> it's totally messed up, dude. <laughs> Over there. Oh wow. I've never what? come in this way. 
seven here in Kansas City. Became huge, like nationally distributed. Um, the founder's son built the hotel where I now own my bar and restaurant. Um, and then with Prohibition, went out of business. Done. And gone for 95 years. So I discovered that history five years ago and decided to bring back the whiskey distillery as well. Um, so the first whiskey, we didn't know exactly what we were going to make. And it turns out that in the 1880s and 1890s, using sherry as a, uh, a coloring agent or a flavor additive uh, for whiskey was really common. This was prior to the Baldwin Bond Act, you know, which really defined straight whiskey and, and popularized aging bourbon and rye for longer. So most whiskey back then was a little bit younger and using sherry as an additive was really, really common. So what happened was when, when the Baldwin Bond Act was passed and then the invention of artificial car, uh, caramel coloring, using sherry just completely went away. But it's still on the books. It's still on the TTV guidelines, yet nobody does it. So we're like, fuck yeah, we're gonna just blend some sherry into our whiskey. Yeah, Rieger was a brand until Prohibition. And Andy Rieger is our partner, and he's the last surviving heir to the Rieger family. There had never been just like one Rieger living in the world. It had always been grandfather, son, grandson, and then grandfather dies. The grandson then has a kid, and then the grandfather dies, and it just kept going like that. So there are always two around. And so um, in 2010, when I was living in Dallas working, uh, my dad was diagnosed with stage 4 grade 4 cancer and died two months later. And so I was born and raised here in Kansas City, and so it sort of, like, ripped me apart and really made me, like, search for, like, what the hell I was thinking about in life and what I actually wanted to do in life. And I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do. There was this very obscure little legislation in the old BATF laws from the 1870s. There was there was a category, and it's not blended American whiskey, it's just blended whiskey. And you could use up to 3% of sherry in the blend. And apparently it was a very common practice in those days. Because what would happen is they would use, the sherry would come over in barrels and they would use the barrels to age the whiskey and there would be a little sherry left in them. So they had to make it legal to leave the sherry in there. So they they were, and Pickerel and Ryan found this in the old BATF legislation. So Ryan calls me up and he goes, Steve, I need to meet with you right now. So I took him to Spain that summer, introduced him to some friends, convinced them to get us sherry, but not just any sherry. It's 15-year-old Solera Special Olorosa from Williams and Humber, one of the greatest sherries on the planet. And um, so we started doing the blend. And we came up with a blend, and it's gorgeous, and everybody loved it. Everybody signed off on it and loved it, and then launched it last year on Halloween. Well, the reality is we don't we don't have an original recipe. You know, and my business partner here is the actual great 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 grandson of the founder, um, but even he didn't have a recipe. So we don't know what the original one was, but then in researching the history of American whiskey, that's when we stumbled onto that whole, hey, they used to use sherry. So we did that as a tribute to the time period, but as far as an original, like actual recipe, no. And the reality is, it doesn't really matter. 
um, because it's possible. Keep in mind that back then, you know, what we put in our blend, the eight-year-old and ten-year-old, they wouldn't have had eight-year-old or ten-year-old whiskey back then anyway. Right, sure. You know, so it's more like a mashup between a modern-day style of American whiskey and an 1880s or 90s style. But in doing so, we ended up accidentally uh, getting a whole new category of American whiskey. Right. When we submitted our recipe to the TTB and laid out exactly what we're doing, they're like, yep, cool, you can do that, you can add the sherry, all that, but you can only call it American whiskey, period. Nothing else. does not fall under any other category, known category of, of whiskey, so you can only call it American whiskey. Even though it's like 90% light corn, mm-hmm. couldn't call it corn whiskey. Didn't qualify for anything else. And we said, all right, cool, but what if we were to call it Kansas City whiskey as a style, since we're resurrecting this uh, pre-Prohibition era distillery and bringing back a style of whiskey that may have been more popular back then, and nobody else is doing it, can we call it Kansas City whiskey as a style? And they said, sure. So, kind of got lucky. Well, actually, it was more like, just pay your fucking taxes, and and yeah, you can call it Kansas City whiskey. Right, right. It is kind of, it's kind of in the style, but I don't think Uyghur was nearly as good as we made it. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say that to Andy and offend him, but I'm pretty sure that his grandpa did not make whiskey quite like we did. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that Dave Pickerel and Ryan and Andy and Nathan and me came up with a much more interesting blend than grandpa did. <laughs> kind of how I envision this whiskey could be like down the road but it's really young but it gives you a feeling for where we're going to go with it and I made them old fashions <laughs> everybody just freaked <laughs> this is after I made them Negronis with our gin and everybody said it was the best Tom Nichols said it was the best Negroni ever drank in his life wow he said I hate to admit that because you're such a fuck <laughs> Ryan kept, the more he tasted it, the more he started freaking out because right. he's like going through his whole repertoire and all of his training. He's like, but there is nothing like this. I said, that's right. He goes, but there's never been anything like this, I said, as far as we know. Right. He said, but what does that mean? I said, it means whatever we want it to <laughs> This whiskey, we're going to make a whiskey that nobody's ever imagined. talking with Dave the other day, just yesterday, and we were just talking about the people involved, and he was like, you have the number one team of any distillery in the entire world right now. He goes, I hope you understand that. I mean, when you sort of look at like what we have right now and the fact that we have people like Tom Nickel running yep. our gin program, Dave Pickerel running our whiskey program, Steve Olson overseeing pretty much everything, just making things, sure it's yeah. going well. Um, few others that are industry people that are a little silent right now but will maybe come forward soon that are kind of big names that it's just like a it's real 
Ladies and gentlemen, Rieger whiskey is, in fact, quite, quite real, and it is quite, quite good. Look for distribution in your local area. They will be national probably pretty soon. So um, give it a try. It's unbelievable stuff. Thank you so much to the boys for um, letting me tag along and sneak my audio recording device into their conversations. It was really cool to kind of hear it from their perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Cocktail Enthusiast Podcast. I'm Nico Martini. And as Mr. Kevin Gray would always say, cheers. Thank you for joining the Cocktail Enthusiast Podcast. Be sure to visit cocktailenthusiast.com for more stories, recipes, and conversations about this spirited industry. We'll see you next week. Cheers.